0: Welcome to the Social Dallas Podcast. Today you'll hear an uplifting message from our pastor, Robert Madu. Our hope is that your relationship with God would flourish like never before. As the worship team was singing that song, is he worthy? Is he worthy? I was thinking about the power of the lyrics of that song. The power of the lyrics of that song Doesn't happen when it crescendos and says, Jesus is worthy. I think the power of the lyrics is when it asks the question, Is he worthy? That is a question that is personal. That's a question that demands a response from all of us here today. Is he worthy? Is Jesus worthy? And if he is worthy, What is he worthy of? I think Christmas demands that we all answer that question. Is Jesus worthy? And what is he worthy of? Look, I don't know whether you came in here today and you don't even believe in God. Whether you came in here today and you're in church all the time. It doesn't matter whether you're an atheist or you're a proud Sunday School alumnus. I think it's worth all of us asking the question today is he worthy and what is he worthy of what is Jesus worthy of what does he want from me because the reality is the birth of Jesus changed the course and the trajectory of human history it changed absolutely everything I don't know whether you realize it or not, but every time you look at a calendar, every single time that you look at a date or you mark a date down, you are actually pointing a reference point and that reference point is Jesus Christ you understand that when he was born he changed history as soon as he was born he divided history into two he split history between BC and AD before Christ and Anno Domini which means the year of our Lord that's what happened when he was born every time you look at an event on a calendar every time you look at at a specific date you are actually pointing back to the day and the years when Jesus came from heaven to earth and put on human skin to feel what we feel and to go through what we go through he was not just a good man he was a God man and he put on flesh and he's asking what is that worth to you what is that worth to you and today I know you probably thought you were coming to see a Willy Wonka play and you're wondering, where's his jerry curl? And I thought I was just coming to be entertained, but I think God strategically orchestrated you here today so you could answer some questions and answer the question Is he worthy? What is he worth to you? To the wise men, he was worth traveling for miles and for months and finding him and bringing gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. To the blue-collared shepherds who weren't bawling, they couldn't afford myrrh and gold and frankincense. But yet, he was worth it to leave their flocks and to come and worship before him. To Mary and Joseph, he was worth having their engagement and their wedding plans wrecked. To have their reputation ruined and have people talking about them on the blog and on the comment section, he was worth them running for their lives to Egypt, being refugees. He was worth all of that. And the question is, is he worthy? What is he worth to you today. I don't really have a sermon today. I, I'm not preaching, I'm just talking, so don't count this as a message. But if I did have a sermon, I would, I would title this sermon, Christmas Questions. Christmas Questions. I think Christmas demands that you start asking questions. You've been asking questions this Christmas? Come on, I'm talking about maybe not even spiritual questions. Questions like who's coming to the house (laughs) and when they leaving. (laughs) Questions like what are we going to get the kids and what are you getting me? Questions like what time is the holiday staff party and do we have to go? Questions like am I getting a bonus? Questions like what child is this? Questions like Mary, did you know? Christmas demands that we ask some questions, and I'm not going to be before you long. In fact, I'm going to be before you for 10 minutes and 28 seconds, because <laughs> I want us to worship some more and just adore him, but I do want us to look at three questions that the Christmas story demands that we ask, three questions that the Christmas story demands that we look at and that we ask. The first question is this when does God show up when does God show up I want you to look at a neighbor that you hadn't talked to all service get in their face and get in their personal space and say neighbor you know I can see you right come on look at your neighbor say neighbor I got a question when does God show up Look at the neighbor you ignored and look at them in their face and say, Other neighbor, you're my second option. But I got a question for you. When does God show up? That is a good question. And in order to answer that question, you got to go to a part in the Bible that I've never heard anybody preach from. It's a page in your Bible that preachers skip, and yet it's a powerful page to answer the question, when does God show up? You got to go to this page. Excuse me, let me, y'all give me a moment. I should have had this marked. Let me see, Uh, uh, okay, let me see if I can find, yeah, there it is. It's, It's this page right here. This is a powerful page. Nobody ever talks about the page in the middle that separates the Old Testament from the New Testament. Because you have to understand that whenever you go from the Old Testament to the New Testament, you have traveled 400 years in silence. That for 400 years, your God that spoke the world into existence didn't say anything at all for 400 years God was on mute and did not send a prophet or a preacher or a teacher or an apostle he was quiet for 400 years there was silence I'm wondering today have you ever felt like God went silent on you Oh, see, I know. See, y'all are super saved. You floated in here today. You had communion for breakfast. I know, I know. God speaks to you all the time. God told you what socks to wear. He told you what cereal to have this morning. I'm not talking to those of you who God speaks to you all the time. I'm wondering if there's anybody in here that knows what it's like for God to go silent on you, for you to be crying out to God, for you to be worshiping, mess up all that Mary Kay and Mac makeup, have snot going this way, mascara going the other way went on a 20-day fast did keto put left foot up right foot up did the hokey pokey all kinds of praise and to have God say absolutely nothing nothing. what do you do when God goes silent what do you do when you're living out the Christmas song a silent night See, it's, it's one thing to go through a night season. Night seasons are bad. I don't like it when it's too dark outside. But what do you do when it's dark and God's not even speaking to you? God's not telling you anything. He's not giving you clarity. He's not giving you direction. What do you do? do when you are in a silent night and you're wondering when God shows up. Can I give you this? It's not a sermon. I told you, I'm just talking to you today. But I just came to remind somebody that's in a quiet season where you can't hear anything and it seems like it's dark, that God does his greatest work when he's quiet. That just because God is not speaking doesn't mean that he's not moving. Just because God is not saying anything, it does not mean that he's not working. It doesn't mean that he's not orchestrating things. Please don't walk away from God. Just because you don't hear anything, God can do his greatest work in the silence. When does God show up? He shows up in the silence. He shows up in the quiet moments. No wonder when he gets ready to make the greatest announcement that will change the course of history, he says, i got to go quiet first so you can get the power of what I'm about to do. Oh, come on. You must not have never made an announcement before. You know, anytime you're getting ready to make an announcement, the first thing you have to do is get your audience attention. You're about to tell them you're having a baby. You're about to tell them some good news. And you say, shh shh, 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 Hey, guys, guys, listen, listen. And once you have their attention, then you give the announcement. And how many know just because it got quiet before the announcement, that is not a blues clue for the audience to walk away. That's actually a clue for them to lean in. So I'm talking to somebody that feels like it's gotten quiet and you're about to walk away from God. I'm telling you, you're going to miss out on the greatest announcement of your life. Because announcements are only as powerful as the attention that you have of your audience. So no wonder God went silent before he got ready to speak. When does God show up? He shows up when you get quiet. I came to tell somebody, don't let the busyness of this holiday season or the noise in your life make you miss out on what God is trying to speak. God's silence is never his absence. His hiddenness is never his impotence. He often does his greatest work and shows up when it gets quiet. Some of you, the greatest thing you can do on this holiday season is to get off of social media and actually be present and engaged with the people that are there in your life and get quiet. Some of you, God will speak to you and give you direction, but your life is too noisy and you can't hear, but God shows up when you get quiet. Ooh, I'm a living witness. The other day, I was expecting a package from Amazon, expecting a package from Amazon, and they sent me the notification that it was there. It was there. And then I said, oh, hold up. I- it is not there. I looked at the little people, looked around. I didn't see it. I said, "Hold up, uh-uh." Porch pirate, something happened. I said, "This is not, this is not here. It did not arrive." I was like, "What in the world? How are they telling me it arrived?" I went and looked again, and then all of a sudden I realized because my wife has sixty-eight Christmas trees in our house that the box was behind the Christmas tree on the porch, and they did deliver it. And I'm like, "Wait a minute! I was home all day. How did I miss this? You ever had that happen before?" You're like, "Hold up! I was here all day." No, you did not come in this window. I had to go back and look on my camera and find out that they did come, it's just the noise in my house with my three little humans was so loud, I missed the announcement, I wonder what you're missing out on, and maybe you're frustrated and mad, and God's saying I did deliver and I will deliver, but you don't understand that I show up when you shut up, when you get quiet, I'll speak. The, the, the second question I want us to look at is after the blank page after the blank page it, you would think that the first announcement in the gospel of Matthew would be here comes Jesus he's here the promise you've been waiting for has arrived but that's not what Matthew chapter 1 verse 1 says look at what Matthew chapter 1 verse 1 says it says the family tree of Jesus Christ David's son." Abraham's son Hold up I've been pausing for 400 years Waiting to get an announcement and instead of just telling me That Jesus has arrived. You got the nerve to tell me about Jesus family tree See if you've been in church for a while, you know that in Matthew chapter 1 Whenever you get there you read maybe that first verse and then you skip the next 17 verses and you go straight to verse number 18, okay? All the people that are laughing, those are the church people right there. Some of y'all, y'all ain't read the Bible. That's cool. You're still welcome here. Anyway, but all the church people are laughing because they know I don't care how spiritual you are, you know you skipped that list of baby daddy after baby daddy after baby daddy after baby daddy. Come on, all names that sound like diseases and Amnon and salmon, all all them fishy, crazy names that are in the Bible. You skip all of that and you go straight to verse number 18 because you say all those lists of names and -and so-and-so, begat so-and-so, begat so-and-so, has nothing to do with me. Let me just go to the gift that's in verse number 18 and skip the list. And I just want to pause on this sermon, not sermon, it's just the talk, and tell you please don't ever skip those names again. In fact, do me a favor. When you're having your eggnog and you by the fire today, go back and just start reading all those names. Even if you can't pronounce it, just fake it and just say something. Read those names because those names are actually the wrapping paper that precedes the gift that is Jesus. And you know whenever you're about to give somebody a gift, you better wrap that gift in some wrapping paper. I want to talk to a brother right now who's thinking that your gift is so good you don't have to wrap it. I'm telling you, you better find somebody to wrap that gift because Because the wrapping paper is just as important. Yes, the gift is powerful, but you need some wrapping paper on that gift. Now, the wrapping paper is not the gift. It's the gift that matters, but the wrapping paper is still important, and that list of names, that genealogy is the wrapping paper of the greatest gift. His name is Jesus that we were all waiting for. Don't miss the wrapping paper. I'm telling you, the wrapping paper is not the gift. The gift is what's important, not the wrapping paper, but you still need some wrapping paper In fact, let me just pause right there and tell somebody who's single ooh, yes the wrapping paper is important but it ain't that important you better look at the gift what's on the inside too don't let the wrapping paper jack you up until I've seen some gifts got some good wrapping paper and the wrapping paper was just camouflage for the cheap gifts that they got I would rather have some raggedy wrapping paper and a good gift that's just for the single folk some of y'all enamored with wrapping paper (laughs) and there is no gift there is no substance (laughs) but the list of names all the names you skip that's the wrapping paper do you know the jacked up names that are on that list do you know the crazy people that are in jesus family you thought your family was crazy You better look at the family tree of Jesus. If I had time, if this wasn't just a talk, oh, I'm telling you, if this was a sermon, I would break down some of those names for you. You understand, in that culture, a genealogy, it was your resume. A genealogy mattered. To Jewish people this is why Matthew who's writing to a Jewish audience takes the time to list all those baby daddies because he knew that whenever you got ready to put your best foot forward you put the list of names of people in your family that were prestigious people in your family that had power Ooh, but Jesus is some kind of different because the names that are on that list the scandalous names that are on that list first of all in that time period they wouldn't even put women on the list they would never put women on the list in that misogynistic patriarchal society they would never put the list of one woman's name on that list until here comes Jesus. Jesus doesn't just put one woman on his genealogy. He lists five different women on his genealogy. I want to thank God for a Messiah who was not misogynistic, who says, guess what? When I'm getting ready to be born, you cannot discount the women of God that he uses to birth. the greatest miracle if I had time do you know who those five women are that are on that list he lists five different women on that list read it when you get to the group five women on the list five five you know I like that it's five women five five because you understand that five in the Bible numbers mean something and five is the number of grace and no wonder there's five women on that list because that's what grace does grace will put people on a list that other people have canceled out grace will put people on the list that you you have looked over grace will enroll people that you expel grace is powerful I wonder if there's anybody that's a recipient of God's amazing grace that when other people counted you out God said no 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 count them back eh? amazing grace how sweet the sound to say if somebody is jacked up as you and me if I had time I would break down the names names like Tamar, Rahab. That's the church people laughing. Ruth, Bathsheba and Mary. If I had his kids in the service, I would talk about Tamar. Read it when you get to the crib. Genesis chapter 36: 37. what happened with? Tam- eh? Rahab. This lady of the evening, read it when you get to the crib. In Jesus' family, Bathsheba, that whole little situation, yes, David was a man after God's own heart, but he was after some other things because he slid in Bathsheba's DMs one night. Bathsheba, Ruth is a Moabite? She's a pagan? She's on the list? Mary, who? The teenage girl on welfare. Talking about, uh-uh, this God's baby. <laughs> See, y'all laughing. But that's how ridiculous it would have sounded then. And she had to endure the ridicule and the shame and the alienation. Look at the people God put on that list. Abraham was on that list, and he was a liar. Jacob was on that list and he was a deceiver right. I'm just trying to figure out why do you think God can't use you on, Carson, see that's the next question that this lineage and this genealogy asked. it asked this question who who, who can God use who can God use can I tell you who God can use God can use anybody God can use anybody. If Jesus came through a crazy family tree of people that had all kinds of issues, that ought to let somebody in here to know that God always uses imperfect people to accomplish his perfect plan. How many are thankful today that God does not need Pinterest perfect people to use? God can use anybody. God look at the person to your left and look at the person to your right. Don't let these church people fool you. they Act like they always been saying. If some of them told their real testimony, you would be shocked at who you praising next to. You would be shocked if you knew what they used to do and where they used to be. You would not feel any shame in coming into church. The problem with church people is they act like they in the witness protection program and they don't want to tell people their real story. But I'm telling you, there's some folks in here who that used to be at Toyota Music Factory and they weren't at the front lifting up their hands. They were lifting up something else. They were up at the front dancing for God they were dancing for somebody else but this is the beauty of what the gospel brings to us is that God can use anybody God can use anybody if you're a drunk he can use you if you're broken he can use you if you've been expelled he can use you if you've been addicted he can use you if you've been depressed he can use you if you've been a stripper he can use you if you've been a murderer he can use you if you've got issues he can use no matter who you God can use anybody. What's your excuse? It blows my mind that people come to church and, like, oh, I don't think God can use me. I got issues. Have you read the Bible? They all had issues. Who can God use? Anybody. Why do we get Jesus' family tree before we get his name? Because Jesus wants us to know today that your family tree should not deter you from the plan of God. That just because it ran in your family doesn't mean it has to continue with you. That even if it ran in your family, it can stop with you. Why do we get Jesus' crazy, dysfunctional, messed up family tree is to let all of us know that you receive your heritage You don't get to pick your heritage, but you can choose your legacy. I don't get to choose my heritage. I just received it. But starting today, I can change my legacy. Hear me, Dad. You can change the legacy of your family by the decisions you make today. Hear me, Mom. I know that that runs in your family. I know there's been generational things, but today you can change your legacy if you'll receive this gift. When does God show up in the silence? Who can God use? Anybody. Last question. What does God want? What does God want? He wants you. He wants you. It would be a travesty for you to come to a service like this, experience God's presence like this, and to never fully give yourself to him. Yes, God can use anybody, but God using you doesn't necessarily mean that you're intimate with him. God can use anybody. God can use a donkey. So don't ever think you are that (laughs) just because God's using you. Don't start coming in with sunglasses on. Just because God's using you, God can use anybody. But just because he's using you doesn't mean he necessarily knows you. That's why in the last day, people will cry out to him. And say, didn't we heal the sick in your name? Ooh, that's how powerful his name is. Didn't we cast out demons in your name? And he'll say, depart from me. Because I never know you. What does he want this holiday season? He wants you. He wants intimate relationship with you. Preaching Christmas messages are not my favorite. Because you only got four chapters in the gospel about Jesus being born and some of y'all so saved I mean you've heard it preached every kind of way so sometimes I'm struggling every Christmas season trying to get something profound out of a story that you've heard so many times but I don't think Christmas is about complexity it's about simplicity the simple reality is this Savior He came from heaven to earth. He came close because he wants you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, that's you with all your issues. Stop thinking you got to clean yourself up to come to him. You just come to him just as you are. He wants you. We would like to thank you for being a part of our social global family. Please head to our website, socialdallas.online, and see the many ways you can stay connected with us from around the world.